When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. After leaving teaching because of some serious burnout, she vowed to build the community she wished existed when she needed it most. She went from classroom teacher to an educational consultant, instructional designer, and six-figure business owner. Now, she's here to help you achieve happiness and work-life balance, whether inside or outside the classroom. Come join our discussion as we talk about managing teacher burnout, career transitions outside the classroom, starting a side hustle, and everything in between. Here's your host of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast and your new personal cheerleader, Daphne Gomez. Welcome to the Teacher Career Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Daphne Williams. In this episode, I interview Teacher Career Coach course graduate, Amy Newman. Amy left teaching after 18 years and landed a brand new role as a project manager coordinator. Listen in as Amy shares her story and insight into her new role and even talks about the impact it's made on her overall happiness. Hello, Amy. I am so excited to speak with you today. Hello. I'm excited to be here. I'm so happy to finally talk to you because I've been, you know, keeping up with you on Instagram and just on your platform for so long. I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity right now. Um, if anybody could actually see the video, which they can't, that is so kind of you to say, but I have no makeup on. <laughs> I just... <laughs> But I appreciate you saying this. I feel the same way when people have communicated with me or if they were in like the teacher career coach course, I get all weird, like you're a real person, you're a real human that (laughs) I helped walk through the steps. So I still am feeling it on my end as well. I always like to start the podcast with just kind of hearing a little bit about your experience as a teacher, why you went into teaching, how long you were teaching, just all of your history and education? Um, I actually did not go to school to be a teacher. Um, I have a degree in health education. So I, uh, and and back in the day it was called community health. So, and I minored in English, Um, but I started out my career working with a nonprofit as a project coordinator. Um, And I was working with schools, with low income schools in the district. And I just fell in love with being in the schools. So I started going and, you know, what we were trying to do with my with my initiative was to um, identify what we could do to make kids successful in school, no matter what their background was. And so I was interviewing a lot of teachers and kids and families and just seeing what their needs were, identifying those needs and trying to pair them with the programs that already existed in our county. So I fell in love with it. 
I decided to get my teaching certificate and I taught for 18 years. Uh, I've listened to your podcast and people talk on your podcast about loving being in the classroom. It's just all the other stuff that went with it that I didn't really enjoy. Um, so I, for the past few years, I thought, you know, I really can't see myself retiring as a teacher. And I didn't see myself moving into an admin role that did not look like it's something I wanted to do. So I started, you know, asking my principal if I could, you know, do different jobs, not really jobs that I was excited about, but kind of thinking, you know, maybe I could do something to work with teachers, teacher training, things like that. Um, and there was just never anything for me. And then um, I was scrolling Instagram and saw you on Instagram and um, I signed up for the course that day. <laughs> Because oh, I just wow. thought, this looks great. Um, and started working through the, the modules and gaining more and more confidence and figuring out that I could do something outside of the classroom because I think I was so, you just get so used to the day-to-day and you think, well, this is all I know how to do. So what is your new role? I am a project coordinator for an HR company. And what does that actually entail? What does your day-to-day -day look like in that role? So uh, my day-to-day -day is different every day. You know, like I just said, today is a pretty slow day because it's the day before a holiday uh, weekend. But typically, I, what, I, what my job looks like is that I am supporting consultants that work with executives in companies so I, I can't say the companies that we're working with but um, they are huge companies um, and we work with their executive level team and so the consultants that I support do all do training and development coaching sessions assessments and so their main jobs are um, leadership development and so I support the consultants in what they're doing so I manage project trackers for each company and make sure that their appointments are scheduled, their assessments are complete. So there are a lot of checklists. If you're someone that likes to, you know, look at a project and figure out what needs to be done and who needs to do it. And it has to be done by a certain, on a certain timeline. If you're that kind of person and you have an attention to detail and you get excited about checking off the list, then this is a perfect job for you. And actually when I was interviewing and I explained the interview process was so easy because when you explain what you do as a teacher in the classroom, you're project managing every day. And so um, it's just a beautiful transition from being in the classroom and the, the skill set that we have as teachers. It sounds like you found a role that was perfect for you. Did you see this and just feel qualified right off the bat? Yes, yes. And, and I remember being so nervous for the interview process and you know i had to do assessments for them and um, there were three lengthy interviews that i had to go through but they were all so easy i felt like i was i felt like when i told them what i did in my job they were impressed by that their you know their jaws dropped like you do all of that <laughs> So I've almost felt like I was, I don't want to say that, I don't want to say overqualified, but I felt like I could do this with my eyes closed. So, so all of the, the nervousness I felt about it and, you know, looking for so long, I was, you know, scrolling through Inst or, um, LinkedIn and like I signed up for all of these job 
platform, you know, looking for a job, platforms, those types of things. Um, the word is escaping me. Um, but I would get these, you know, go through job requirements and I would feel so inadequate and like, I don't know what any of these programs are. I don't know what any of this means. There's no way I could do this. I'm not qualified. And going through the interview process and actually having to talk about what I do, it made me think, oh yeah, I do. I can do all of this. I'm doing it already. It's just called something different. How did you prepare for that interview? So I talked to a recruiter. I started linking up with every recruiter I saw on LinkedIn. I would ask to be their friend. <laughs> Um, and then I finally talked to, and you, you know, you say also in the program, in your program, you say networking, tell everybody that you're looking. And I spoke with a woman that is in my neighborhood and we play tennis together. And I said, I'm looking for a job. She said, you know, I think you'd be really good at what I do. Here's an, here's a recruiter that you could talk to. And she helped me just work on my LinkedIn profile and I told her all of the things that I do and she worked with me on my resume and then she's actually the one that contacted me and said, hey, I have this this company that I think you would be great for. Do you want to interview for it? And that was in February and I thought, oh, this is terrible timing for school, you know, the school year and we're in the middle of a pandemic and I felt terrible about leaving, but my principal was so supportive of me. And I think she knew that I had been unhappy for a long time. And I also think since I was leaving and not going to another school, she just thought, you know, there's really nothing more I can do for you anyway to make you happy here. So go and, and um, we're happy for you. And, you know, I know it's going to be tough for us, but you need to do what's best for you. And so I felt very supported in that. That's amazing that you had such a supportive administrator and even like a school staff, because I do know that this is something that people struggle with. The idea of what if the perfect job comes up between September and June? Mm -hmm. What am I going to do then? And a lot of people, that's a non-negotiable and that's something you have to decide with your with your own heart you know that's i'm mm -hmm. not gonna make that decision for any person and i'm also not gonna judge any person for putting themselves or their family first if something comes up and they do have to make that tough decision because it's something that people i'm sure you stay up at night about i will in this podcast episode link a blog that i wrote for anybody who's listening who wants to know what potential things they should look for in their contract if they plan to quit mid-year but was there any sort of, or were there any sort of repercussions on your end about leaving the contract mid-year? No. And in fact, um, you, you said in one of the podcasts that this is one of the jobs that, that, you know, in every other job, if you're not happy and you want to leave, you just leave. And in teaching, there's such a guilt that comes along with that. Like you're leaving the kids and you're leaving the, the staff and your team and there's just shouldn't be that. But... Um, but I know there is, um, but with my contract, since I was leaving before the end of my contract, I actually received a check for the remainder of, because I guess the, because the way the pay scale works and you are actually being paid, um, 12 months for a nine month contract. Um, I was paid out for the remainder of my contract and and it was done. With someone that has been in the classroom for a little bit longer, I feel like there are 
other factors at play that you probably had to consider with like weighing the pros and cons of whether or not you should just write it out until you've completely vested into your pension or is it even worth it to change, you know, if you only have blank amount of years left? How did you weigh the pros and cons or what kinds of factors were you looking and considering? So because I worked um, in another state and then I moved to, uh, I worked in Texas then I moved to Georgia, um, I didn't have, and I worked for a private school, so I didn't have the state benefit, the state retirement program, the teacher retirement system years in because the private school didn't count for that. Um, I had five years left until I would be able to get a teacher retirement here. And I thought, can I do this for five more years? And the answer was absolutely not. I mean, I was just so exhausted and so burnt out that even when I thought about it and, you know, we were talking about drawing out what I had in retirement here, uh, my husband said, do you want to just wait and see if you'll go back to teaching? And, and I said, Dad, no, <laughs> it will never happen. I'm so much happier. And um, it's amazing, too, because my old teacher friends are texting me and asking me how things are going and asking me what I'm doing. And everybody starts coming out of the woodwork. It's like Snow White's animals in the forest coming out to say, what are you doing and how's it going? And, you know, how did you do it? And so I just feel like there are so many people that are struggling and you're helping so many people with teachers leaving the classroom. I mean, it's just the best thing that you could do. But I, I was talking to someone recently that said, you know, how's it going? Like, be honest with me. Tell me if you really think you're going to miss teaching in the fall when school starts. And I said, I feel like I, there will be a little, a little twinge of this will be the first year in a very long time that I'm not getting my classroom set up and ready for school. But there's such a peacefulness about my life now. I just remember being so exhausted that I had nothing left to give at the end of the day, and I don't feel that anymore. I felt the same way during the summertime. I only was in the classroom full-time as a teacher for three years. And every time during the summertime, you know, I did one summer vacation where I went buck wild and went to the beach or took my dog on some weird road trip. And then once back to school items came, it was a full month of the Sunday scaries. It was dread where it wasn't me getting excited about going back to work and nobody's excited about work. Like you don't have to be singing and dancing like a musical. You're so excited (laughs) about Mondays, but the amount of dread and stress that your job is bringing you, you should you know, notice if your body is that overwhelmed with just Mm -hmm. a position, because what you and I are describing is not every teacher. So Mm -hmm. when you're saying people are coming out of the woodworks, those are people who are afraid to talk about it before, afraid to look for other resources. There weren't other resources that existed prior or they just, you know, didn't know that it was possible because they talked themselves out of it. But there might be 80 other percent of the teachers at that same school or that district who are figuring out how to make right. it work for them and, and happy and going to stay for the rest remainder of their life. And mm-hmm. that's just the fact of any sort of industry, you know, in mm-hmm. in your project management type of role, 
80% of the project managers might be happy and 20% might leave. And it's not the same as I can't believe 20% left. It's okay, we'll figure it out and more people will come in who will fill those positions. And that's just kind of the way that the world works. I noticed that you said something about your mental health improving, you being much happier. How is your work-life balance in this position? It's wonderful. I, and I, I'm working remote and it will always be a remote position. A few weeks ago, I, I was worried about this being my first summer of working after so many years of not working in the summer. And I always um, go and visit family. Our, all of our family lives in Texas and I always make sure that I go in the summers to just spend time with family. And I was so worried that that was gonna be taken away. Well, with a remote job, I, I can work anywhere that has Wi-Fi. And I had to, you know, send a notice to my, my boss and say, I'm going to be driving on Friday. Do you think it's okay if I take the day off? And she didn't respond. And so I had a meeting with her and I asked, you know, is it okay? I sent you a request to, to take the day off on Friday. Is that okay? And she said, of course it's okay. <laughs> she said, I, if you need the time, take it. And I said, I've never... I've never experienced this because you know what it's like to take a day off in teaching. It's just, you know, you, they may say no. A lot of times they do say no. Um, or you have to find a sub and you have to have plans and all this stuff. And she was just like, if you need the time, take it. I know you're going to do your work. My last principle, uh, I think it's episode 17. I kind of talk about how toxic the school year was and how, you know, I ended up leaving. But my last principle we would have two personal days that were supposed to just be personal sick days. She would still text message and say, what did you do today? Why were you away from school? Even if you had a substitute, even if everything was, you know, Mm -hmm. dotted all your I's, crossed all your T's, just such an extreme toxic work environment and micromanaging and just not treating people like professionals that when you leave that environment and you have this new sense of freedom and not every school district, not every school is a toxic work environment. But when you do find somebody who finally says, yeah, what are you talking about? Take a week paid off of work. Or like when you start to realize I can go to the grocery store in the middle of the day if I have this remote position or I can go on that road trip um, and still get paid and still do my job well, it right is life-changing it is i i had a we had a road trip and i um for mother's day weekend and i knew that i was going to be in the car the next day and i didn't want to have to be on my laptop the whole time so i just spent the evening before tying up loose ends and making sure i had as much as i could done and that's fine i didn't work for the next day you know so i think that's just so it's so freeing and i think This is something that I was thinking about too. I think that when you're working with kids in a school environment, teachers get treated like we're one of the kids a lot of times. When you're asking permission to go do things and you're asking permission to take off or asking permission to, you know, even to go use the restroom or take a lunch break. If somebody's appreciating you, if you have a whole year to think about how to appreciate you and you get a fun size candy bar and a sticker that says, I appreciate you (laughs) when in other careers, they're like, I appreciate you. Here's a bonus. That's, you know, a percentage (laughs) of the revenue that we've received due to your hard work or your dedication. But in teaching it, you get the luxury of wearing jeans on a Friday, Mm -hmm. you 
professional that probably has a master's and a credential and has dedicated right. your life to learning and growing in this career. Here right. are your genes for yeah. what you've done. You get a pat on the head. That's what I felt like. I felt like every, every treat was a pat on the head. And it was, oh, we, and especially in this past year, we appreciate you so much and you're working so hard for the kids and you're doing so much and you're giving so much of yourself. Thank you. I don't know. There's no, I need more than a jeans day. <laughs> or... <laughs> you found a role that really has showcased you know appreciation for you already in just the beginning stages of it where you feel comfortable asking for days off and you know that you're qualified and I want to go a little bit more into you know this role that you have as you're doing kind of program management and you're organizing things are you using any sort of specific productivity software like Asana, Trello, Monday, I think is another really popular one. We use Trello, we use um, RDS, we use Calendly because I'm scheduling all, everyone from all over the world. <laughs> Calendly um, so is actually what I use to schedule the podcast interviews as well. It's an automation software for anybody listening right now. And it's not something that a teacher necessarily would need to learn right this minute because it is very easy to learn if you needed it as a program manager or any sort of role yes um when it came to learning any of these softwares even you said that you're using trello did you feel like there's a learning curve even with the software that you were learning um yes but i didn't feel like it was it was so far beyond what we ha what we have to do every year as teachers when we, you know they did, they adopt a new platform to use and we used so many things in the classroom in the past year that we all had to teach ourselves how to do people get you know spooked when they see all of these words and all of these platforms and one of the biggest pieces of advice that i can give you is if you're looking and you're you're looking at a job description and you're scared. There are some that are more technically heavy. If you're looking for instructional design positions, that's going to take some work on your end. I don't want mm -hmm. you to think you're going to watch a 10 minute YouTube video and become an instructional designer afterwards. Right. But when it comes to these platforms like Trello, you can learn that in 30 minutes and start using it actually in your classroom today. Mm -hmm. And it can help you save time and be productive in your day-to-day -day work as a classroom teacher, but also yeah. something that you can put down on a resume that you've used productivity software. Mm -hmm. And I, that, was, that was something that when I was looking at the job requirements and you, you have to be proficient and you know X, Y, and Z, and I would think, okay, well, that's not really that difficult when I would actually look at what what these platforms actually did. And so in my interview, I said, you know, in the past year, we had to completely change the way we've done everything, where we went completely virtual for most of the school year here. And I had, I had to teach myself, I had to watch YouTube videos on how to do, how to use these platforms. And so I said, whatever you throw at me, I'm going to be able to, to learn how to do it and I'm going to be able to do it well because that's what we have been 
that's what we've done all year. And anytime I've had issues with, you know, something that I've had to do, you know, because I'll get emails about things that I need to do. And I think, oh gosh, I don't know how to do that. And it's just an email away or a, can you, you know, meet me in a Google chat, chat really quick and talk this through. And it's so easy to just get a reminder. And I keep, they keep saying to me, you know, if I ever say, I can't believe I don't get this yet, or I can't believe I'm not, this isn't second nature to me yet. And they'll say, you just started. Like, give yourself a pat on the back. You have learned so much and you're doing such a great job in a short amount of time. You should not know everything right now. That's the imposter syndrome in us, which we look at these things and we felt proficient as teachers. I mean, mm -hmm. I felt like a big dumb dumb even in my third year teaching, but that's just because I had someone higher up telling me that I was a big dumb dumb every week. But... <laughs> you know, you feel like you know everything about your role, you get in this groove. And so your brain pushes back on trying something new or growing in a new capacity. You want to be comfortable immediately. And that's, you know, that's not where you grow. You're right. not going to learn new skills. You're not going to learn a new role unless you get uncomfortable and you start over again. And that stinks. But I mean, it's, part of this whole process and it's one of the most exciting things that we can do at any age or any stage of our career is do something that scares us or that we're not good at mm -hmm. right i think it's yeah i think i i think that is also why i'm feeling so happy and healthy and revived because you know i'm 44 and i'm starting a whole new career and and you know, six months ago, I thought, how in the world am I going to do this for, until I retire? <laughs> um, and now I'm in, I'm thinking like, I could do this. This is great. I could do this until retirement and be perfectly happy with it and, and um, get promotions and raises and, you know, the pats on the back won't be a jeans day. It'll be a check or a promotion and it'll be a lot more fulfilling for me. Yeah, once you're in a company, depending on how large the company is and all of the structure, there's room for growth within that company. With me at the position that I was in another education company as an instructional designer, there was potential for me to go up higher in doing like sales trainings, training like within all the sales team and creating all the instructional design resources for the sales team, or I could have pivoted and gone over to the marketing team if I was more focused on things that were outside, like external communications. Mm -hmm. There were so many different places for me to go. And that's also really exciting that you get to learn these new skills and then collaborate with these different groups. I kind of heard you talk on that a little bit that there's room for promotion. What mm -hmm. types of roles are you seeing that you're interested in exploring or that would be potential promotions from what you're doing right now? Well, so right now I'm in the project coordination role. So I would be able to move into a project management role where I would be, you know, now I'm, I'm little, the little worker bee and I'm making sure everything is done when it's supposed to be done. But as a project manager, you are over the whole thing and you are the one who is making sure that everything is happening on a much larger level. And so that changes your responsibilities, but it also changes, you know, how much you're making and, and how many people you're getting to interact with. And um, so that's where I would move at some point. 
and I'm already being groomed for that three months in, um, where I'm being offered, you know, tiny little projects to manage of, of six people. And at some point it'll be 50 to a hundred people that I'll be managing. So, um, that's exciting because I feel like people are already noticing that I'm doing a good job and that I can handle it. I feel like the onboarding at every company is different because if it's a startup company like Team Teacher Career Coach, if they're listening right now, I'm so sorry. I'm technically a startup and, you know, they're probably like this girl. <laughs> she is a mess. So there are some places where the onboarding or the project management is a little bit scattered. And then there are some places that have, you know, had a really smooth system going place like in for years and it's really easy to catch on i feel like that is something that's been missing from the teaching program is you go into teaching programs in schools and you watch a teacher but they're not really behaving the way that teachers behave um they're usually probably you know pretending that they do things a certain way that they don't maybe do if there wasn't someone sitting in there as we a call student that the teacher. dog and pony show yeah so <laughs> I remember my first day as a teacher I realized oh there are all these books of lesson plans and I'm not a dummy but I went through two years of a program and I got thrown into the classroom as an actual intern. I was a paid intern because the school district was so desperate for teachers at that time that that was a program that they were doing. But I was looking and I was, oh, I don't have to create all the lesson plans from scratch like they were showing us how to do. But there, that connection was never made that all the lesson plans were mostly done for you. There was never a sit down and how to read the actual books, how to actually use the lesson plans given to you class, where right. it shocked me when I opened this up and I thought, oh, cool, that's that's something that was missing from this teaching program. <laughs> I, I thought I was gonna have to spend, you know, four hours, five hours every day for each lesson creating like you were creating. And in new roles, the onboarding is a lot, you know, you're, you're actually watching the project manager while you're learning from them. So it's going to be an easier transition into that role for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You're seeing the real day to day that they're doing. Yes. And I wanted to say, you know, I, there are things that I loved about teaching that I thought, oh gosh, I'm really going to miss that. I loved writing. I loved teaching writing. I still love writing. Um, but I was talking to one of the consultants who is in a women in leadership group at, at my company. And she said, would you be interested in conducting some interviews of women in leadership positions? And she said, are, are you interested in writing? Did you do any writing as a teacher? And I said, yes, I love writing. And she said, would you be interested in interviewing these women and writing a blog post for, for the company? And I said, I would love to. So it's exciting that they see, you know, that I'm getting a creative outlet that I'm getting to do. And that, that's what I want to tell people too. Like you, there are so many things to do in any job, but if you really, if something really means something to you and you talk about it, you know, I had spoken to her about liking to write and 
you know, missing that, missing that create the creative aspect of it. Because let's be honest, there's not a lot of creative creativity going on in project management. Um, so I was excited to have that outlet to be able to talk to women in leadership positions and do this blog post for them. that you're already kind of doing some content and marketing roles and that's something that you potentially could continue to put in a portfolio or when you go and you ask for a raise or a promotion you can leverage that it, you right. know it it doesn't just end at this career it doesn't you know you left the classroom and that's I think that that's the mentality that a lot of teachers have that they're struggling with this decision is what if I don't like that next thing as much as I don't like teaching? Well, cool. You know, you ripped the Band-Aid off and you did the first big scary thing in your mm -hmm. life. And now you're going to have a lot more on your resume, your foot in the door in a new industry. You're going to learn what you like, what you don't like. And you're not mm -hmm. going to have that strict teaching contract to right. be stuck in. But most of the time, depending on your level of miserability, you know, you go in and you find, I was just afraid and I'm so much happier with anything different because yes. like you focus on roles that speak to you. You're not just applying to roles that sound terrible. Right. And that's what I thought. I, I knew that even if I started this position and hated it, I would still be less miserable than I was um, teaching. And it would be, like I said, like you said, adding to my resume, learning some new skills and making myself more marketable because I was worried that people were just seeing teacher on my resume and just brushing it to the side. Um, and so I knew if I got my foot in the door somewhere, I could prove myself and prove that teachers have amazing marketable skills that transfer to anything. And I just needed a chance. And so if you can get someone to give you a chance, you will blow their minds. I just, I just know it. Teachers are amazing. Teachers do. I will never stop having all of the respect and love for teachers for as long as I live. Yeah. Same. And that's, there are so many that are, you know, just one step away from maybe they just need to go to a different school or a different school mm -hmm. district um, or change grades or change, you know, their classroom management or their pedagogy that they're using. And that's mm -hmm. the puzzle piece that's missing. There's so many teachers that that's the puzzle piece that's missing. But there are many teachers that also probably have have served their time in the classroom and it's time for them to move on and you know pat yourself on the back that you lasted in the classroom for 18 years and how many class like how many students you impacted but now you're still able to bring that into a new role and there are probably times in this role that you have you know your teacher heart start to shine where you walk someone through something that they mm -hmm. can't figure out or yes has that happened to you already it has. <laughs> um, I actually started um, around the same time another coworker started, and he's just out of college. This is his first job out of college. And he, um, he has struggled a little bit with the environment, with 
Um, he's very young. He's working with a lot of women, a lot of strong women. Um, and I've already kind of taken him under my wing. Um, and I think that's, it's the teacher in me. It's the mother in me. It's just the caretaker in me, um, to do that. So yeah, I mean, it's already, it's already happened and it won't be the last time it's happened. And this is something too, if you really love kids, but you are just not wanting to be in the classroom anymore, there are so many things that you can do to still get that, you know, to scratch that itch, you know, working with kids, volunteering, uh, being a big sister or big brother, um, the organization, um, and, you know, volunteering, starting a Girl Scout troop, you know, whatever you want to do, there are still things that you can do with kids to, to work with them, but just not have all of the added pressure of it. No, I 100% agree. That's when I was my lowest in between my last teaching job and finding my first career outside of the classroom. I found a nonprofit um, creative writing uh, place here in Los Angeles because I, you know, I felt like I was losing my identity and the, you know, the students are what you go into Right. teaching for you don't go into it because you think it's a lucrative career and so I was having a really hard time figuring out if I go into any other industry am I still going to be able to feel the joy that I feel when I know that I'm actually helping a student and that's turned in and translated into now I'm helping grown adults walk through something that's challenging Mm -hmm. and that is what's been scratching my itch more recently is being able to support and that's not just me every former teacher that I talk to you know the software engineer to the real estate agent to you know project manager or just someone in a customer success team they said that they've figured out ways to still scratch that teacher itch from whatever role they're in so it's not Mm -hmm. something that's gonna leave you it's it's gonna go with you wherever you go i heard you mention your children a couple times do you mind if i ask you how old your children are um i have a rising seventh grader and a rising ninth grader okay and you have a remote position which Mm -hmm. is you know very fortunate because i think everybody right now as we're recording this it's july in 2021 So people are fighting to find those forever remote positions. But on top of that, you know, you did leave a teaching position for something that was, you know, quote unquote, full time, nine to five type of career. Mm -hmm. Were you nervous about losing your summers? Yes, absolutely. Um, And I, I feel like it really resonates with me when you say that you used to have you know, the Sunday scaries, and then you even had the summer scaries, because I've had so many people ask me about, you know, well, how does it feel to work in the summer? And it's really such a different feeling. There's so much um, flexibility in it that I, I don't really feel like I'm tied down to anything. And I also feel like I'm not, July 1st would have been the countdown to summer's over. Summer's going to be because we would go back to school at the end of July, or the teachers would. And so um, it hasn't really affected me at all. I've worked with people who are, I haven't done this yet, but I've worked with people who are sitting at the pool on their laptop with their kids. Or 
Um, they've taken their kids to a park for the day and they're just sitting on their laptop or not even sitting on their laptop, just having their phone, able to answer emails, take calls if they need to, but they can still be wherever they need to be, you know, at a doctor's appointment or a recital or a gymnastics um, class. Like I've done, I've done those kinds of things and it has, a, I don't feel tied down to a desk and I don't even think I would if I was in an office because I feel like the way the corporate world has moved because of the pandemic, there has a lot of flexibility has been added. They used to, they used to say, no, we can't do that. And then when they were forced to do it, they had to change that mentality of, oh, we can, you, we can do that. It's just a little bit um, different. Yeah, and that's, you know, it's a difficult thing. You can't ask it in an interview. How relaxed are you guys about me taking my computer to the pool during the summers? And every company and every office environment is going to be different. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to say universally that um, that this is the case, but this is something that is figure outable, as Marie right. Forlo would say. This is <laughs> part of the thing that people use as that one negative factor. You know, if 10 positive factors are there in front of you and there's a single negative factor, like I'm going to have to figure out whether or not I have to find summer care for my children. Mm-hmm. This is something that's figure outable. And a lot of people use it as that excuse to not ever really even really get their hands dirty and start to try. And I like to always say to people who are struggling with this is, how do you feel the rest of the year? Because if you're miserable 50 weeks, 50 weekends out of the year, and your children see that in you and you're not able to have regular dinners or regular weekends with them, is that worth sacrificing? And are you truly happy even during the summer? Everyone's answer is going to be different. The majority of the time, if they're DMing me on Instagram, they're having kind of a crisis and they're (laughs) probably I know the answer if they've found me and started to reach out and so right now you know your dinners your weekends Mm -hmm. are probably a lot more enjoyable with your family you're a lot more present but now your summers are also right and I felt like um when I was interviewing they asked me you know this is a remote position are you able to log off at 5, 5.30 and be done for the day? Because people will be emailing you, since you're working with people internationally, people will be emailing you at 9, at 9 and 10 o'clock. Can you turn it off and wait till the next day? And they said, this is not, this is not, um, we're not doing anything that is, that can't wait till the next day. And so I don't want you to be sitting on your couch at nine o'clock at night answering emails for someone because you feel like you have to. If you want to, fine, but you are not required to do that. Everything can wait until the next working day. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. Because how many times did you sit on your couch at night grading papers, working on lesson plans, answering emails, because you don't have time during the day to do all of that? And it just takes your teaching took my personal time away and a lot of times i would come home so drained i would be irritable with my own kids because i had given everything during the day and that's not the case anymore for any teachers who are listening right now what advice 
would you give them? Um, don't doubt yourself and don't doubt your worth that everything that you are doing in your current career is transferable and um, anyone would be happy to have you on their team. And I have to ask this, what was your personal favorite part of the Teacher Career Coach course since you were a member? Um, my favorite part was probably the narrowing down, the writing down all of the things that you do and, and matching that to a career, a different type of career, things that you would be good at doing. Because that was the first time that I realized this is, you know, I, I was pigeonholed and I thought, well, all I know how to do is I'm just a teacher. Mm -hmm. And writing down everything that I did, it was like, oh, just a teacher means a million different things. And I think that was what really gave me the confidence to move forward. And I, I cannot thank you enough. I, th I, I think that you have done so much for so many people. And this thing has grown to such, I mean, I'm sure you think, oh my gosh, I can't believe it came from just an idea. And it is what it is today. Oh, I was the very first day that I decided I'm going to make a course on this. It was a few years ago. And I remember Jonathan was my boyfriend then the first week that I started recording videos. And, and after I'd written all the script out and done all the research, I was crying. I didn't want to finish. I was so scared. I was like, people are going to be so mean to me because nobody else was talking about this. And the second you put something out on education Instagram, people are going to say, you know, you're a monster and you're trying to make teachers quit. And right. I just was, I was crying. Like, yeah. I'm going to fail. When I first started, you know, I was so scared. I thought I was going to fail and I, you know, had no idea how it was going to turn out and I just had to do it. It's just part of my philosophy of, you know, you have to try the scary things. That's where, yes. that's where the biggest, you know, the biggest growth. growth happens. And it's also like the most impressive things that you do in your life are the things that scare you the most. And I would have always felt dumb for not trying. And I'm just so grateful that I've had the opportunity to support so many people in this capacity. And Amy, I just want to thank you so, so much for being here today. Um, I'm just so grateful that you came on and you took the time to share your story. I appreciate you so much for asking. I was so honored when I got the email to add to, would you be, would you consider the podcast? Of course. Well, thank you so much. Yes. And we're going to keep in touch and I can't wait to hear where you go. Thank you so much. I want to give a huge thank you for Amy for coming on to speak to this community and sharing her story. If you're a former teacher from the Teacher Career Coach course and you're listening to this episode, we want to hear from you. Make sure to log into our private community and check in and offer your insight into that new role for everybody there. And if you're not a former teacher and you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you continue to help spread the word that it even exists. Even something as simple as leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts helps more than you can know. So we appreciate you for taking the time to do so. I'll see you on the very next episode of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast.